0: Tantrum House Board Gaming Podcast is recorded
1: live from Studio WKRD in Greenville, South Carolina. This podcast is brought to you by our friendly local game store, Boardwalk, purveyors of fine games.
0: Bezier Games, the new classics. AEG, we make fun. The Game Steward, your second chance at Kickstarter games. And Game Toppers LLC, upgrading your gaming experience. Your hosts are here to help you sort through the cardboard commotion to help you find the diamonds in the rough. So buckle up, especially if you're driving right now, because you're about to arrive at the Tantrum House.
2: Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. Today, we've got Will Meadows,
3: Sarah Meadows,
2: Ryan Pills, and Psychic Larry in the house. Oh, we were getting like some harmony on that, you guys. Didn't sound like the normal welcome. That sounded like a majestic people saying welcome to the house sound. (laughs) Thanks for joining us today. Hopefully you are well, everyone. Uh, I'm doing pretty great today on this episode. We're going to talk about how Kevin and Melissa aren't here because they're on some sweet luxury cruise with their parents and enjoying the high life. And we're going to talk about some of the games we've been playing. We're also going to talk about we're going to save a little topical um, highlight for the end of the episode. Where we're going to talk about some of our favorite board game box art. We've, of course, got some Kickstarters to cover. And stay tuned, because later in this episode, we're going to talk about a giveaway that we're doing. We are going to be giving away some tickets to the Southern Fried Gaming Expo coming up in Atlanta this summer. So if you want to learn how to win those, stay tuned. And we'll be talking about those somewhere. We'll just surprise you. You to listen to the whole episode. You can't just fast forward to the end. You to listen to all the great recaps and stories of our game playing experiences from this week. Who wants to start us out? What are some of the things you guys have been getting on the table recently?
1: I have gotten in a few sessions now of Uprising: The Curse of the Last Emperor and it is a cooperative game where you take on the role of a fantasy faction on it's like an island at the edge of the world, the seas have frozen over. Basically there's some sort of lich king emperor that is destroying everything. There's also like zombies that are coming in. So you the goal of the game is everybody has to have more points at the end of four chapters, which is like extended rounds, uh, more points than the other the person. Imperials oh. and the Chaos Horde, but the the Imperials they have legions, which are like these little mini bosses that go around, and every time they move, they leave a garrison behind. So every garrison they have, and every legion that's active each chapter gives them points, and. Anytime they defeat one of your units, they get two points per faction that they've fought and defeated some units of that round. And it's the same for the chaos, except uh, they leave curses instead of garrisons. And then you only get points by defeating garrisons and skulls and maybe defeating a mini boss. Uh, You can get points from um, putting down. They're called havens. They're like uh, little towns you put around to uh, build your units at but it's not nearly enough to keep up. So uh, we've played three or four times now and just, we get slaughtered every time. (laughs) So paint the picture for for me. Is it like a hex based big board? Is it a, yeah, you have a home hex, which is revealed. All of the other hexes are uh, depending on the number of players in certain arrangements. Um, And they're all unexplored, and you have to explore them. Typically when you explore them, they have either chaos or imperial units on them, like the basic units. But they might do something else to just mess with the game. Um, A few of the hexes are called sea towers, and those are really uh, important. Because while they're a little bit further away from your home haven hex, uh, they allow you to, from that space... Go to any other hex on the board because you are considered adjacent from there. So you really have to fight over those. So you have to balance out. Do I build havens so I can get more income or do I fight the chaos and the legion, the imperial legions to try to prevent them from, um, you know, amassing more points long term Or do I try to go to those sea towers or somewhere else to get specific resources? And you're also trying to look at, like, what is your partner doing? One time I did pretty well, and I was, like, keeping neck and neck with the – enemy factions but katie was like 20 points behind i was like there is (laughs) no way for me to help you get up here i don't i don't know what to do so uh it is a difficult game that i just haven't quite cracked the code on. how am i supposed to play that interesting interesting yeah but lots of fun we'll be having a review video of that Mm. coming out uh later this week that this goes live so check that out cool how
0: many players does it
1: It plays up to four. There are four starting factions in the core game, and then they also sent us the expansion, which has four additional factions, and um, all the factions are asymmetrical, but the expansion factions are especially so. So, like, normally you can only have five units on a hex, so you can only build five or move five at a time. Um, One of the expansion hexes are minotaurs, and they're all about a herd mentality, so if... They can increase how many they can have on X up to 11, which is just impressive. And then another one, uh, they have no basic units. They're all elite, so they're really expensive. They have few units, but all of their units just hit harder. Um, and there's there's one that I'm not even there, – there's a couple that I'm not going to get into. <laughs> they're just like, I don't know what their niche is because <laughs> we failed so badly. <laughs> I
0: assume you've only been playing just –
1: you and Katie two player? We uh, we played two player a few times and we played three I oh do no, we played four player uh, uh, unexpectedly a fourth player. Wasn't um, any easier time. It was not easier because <laughs> well partly because the you know third and fourth player were new and so you're trying to cover for them while also trying to survive. And just it, it, dying really, together. it allows no mistakes. Like you just you have to play the perfect game. <laughs>
2: Cool, cool, cool. Larry, I feel like I may have seen one of your birthday presents out on the table recently.
0: Oh, yeah. We came over and played uh, Marrakesh uh, by Queen Games. Finally got that one. That that one hasn't been out very long. No. I feel like I played it last year at Origins and really liked it, enjoyed it, Um, but have been waiting ever since to get a copy. There haven't been a ton of copies. I think they fulfilled their Kickstarter Mm -hmm.
2: already, I think. Yeah.
0: Um, but just haven't seen it in retail yet, but yeah. we got it to the table. Finally got to play. It's, uh, so you
2: picked it up at your birthday party.
0: Yeah. Everyone which just guess happened how old to Larry be,
2: <laughs>
0: just happened to be at a board game store. Perfect. How convenient. They had Marrakesh on the shelf. They had one copy. Happy birthday to yourself. Yeah. And then the store manager, shout out to Sherry. Uh, she was like, I'll give you a discount. I was like, I'll take it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, it was a really neat game. I got to see it uh, when Jonah and I went to that Adam event in uh, St. Louis at the Gamers Ranch uh, a couple weeks ago, and they had it out on the table. They had it's part of the City Collection, so it's based on the city of you know Marrakesh, which I'm real familiar with. Uh, have no idea, never heard of it. But uh, the the game itself is a pretty interesting. Um, man, I don't even know what mechanic you call that. It's
0: like a Action selection yeah, kind of I'm thing, a, yeah that's um about it's the, a little bit engine building type, um but you're not engine building with cards, you're
2: using the yeah definitely engine building you are you're picking cubes, everybody has cubes to pick from, you're dropping them down a tower, uh whatever comes out determines uh everybody's gonna draft from the pool they're keshis, they're called keshis, they're literally just cubes, but <laughs> no
0: they're like uh, cylinders that are like. Well, hexagon... Or octagon oh, cylinders. Yeah. Yeah, that. Technically.
2: But they're all different colors, and yes. so they're going to trigger different things on your board. And then the engine building part comes in when you... Each each color powers a different part of your city, and you, the more cashies you add to it over the course of the game, the more powerful your effects are in each section. And they all score points in different ways. Uh, it's one of those games that... Le, Jonah's not here to let me give him a hard time... It's one of those games where I'm like definitely winning the game <laughs> until the final round when Jonah pulls out all of his secret goals. Good thing he's not here to gloat.
3: <laughs> and I lost by one point.
2: Oh, was one point. that was
3: But Jonah had close. played before, so I felt pretty great That's right. that Jonah had played. I had not. It was my first play, and I only lost by one.
2: And I only lost For by the record, several. Marrakesh but I is I lost. a
3: beautiful city in Morocco.
2: There we go. Sarah's real familiar it is. With. Tell, us, tell us more about the city.
3: There's about a million people that live there.
2: Oh, great description.
3: <laughs> but, uh, um, the city does have buildings that look similar in the board game.
2: These are great. So you're building gates. <laughs>
3: there's, a, there's a part of it where you're, you can build gates in the city to different sections.
2: It's good coverage. And, yeah, yeah. sounded very smart. Good job.
0: It's nice. It's a. It's a it's a table hog. And yes. You take up a huge section of it because everybody has this really big player board. There's literally 11 sections on your player board for actions because that's the number of actions you can take. Um, and then there's obviously the, the main player board, which has a tower – not a tower, but you're climbing upstairs and there's a – market for buying tiles, multiple markets, actually, and a river
2: unnecessarily huge as well. Like the, <laughs> the thing is a table hog for sure.
0: Yeah. And well, then
2: you have the tower, the, the dropping tower as well. Yeah. yeah. Big it stuff. Was,
0: it's super fun. It's, uh, it's a newer, I, I had never played with that kind of mechanic. Again, Yeah, mechanic in the game. Um, I really like it. It, I mean, obviously it is random ish, um, and it depends on what comes out. When your turn comes up, sometimes you just get hosed
2: yeah, real bad. Yeah, I would love to know what other fourth player's experiences are. I definitely felt like I was getting shorted a couple times.
0: Oh, I agree. The first time when I demoed it, I was the fourth player, and I was like, I get nothing.
2: But the funny thing is, I was up in the lead the whole time until we got to the ending, so even though I felt like I was being robbed, I don't know what was happening. It is interesting. Uh, definitely check that one out. It's uh, part of the city collection, so there's a number of different games in that line that all have basically a city as the title or the art, but then the mechanics for them are all very different. So you're playing totally different experiences. Yeah.
0: They're all Steffen Feld games. Um, he's basically remaking a bunch of his older games. Classics. The first remaking. three that he that are in the series were remakes. And then the fourth one is Marrakesh, which is the new one. And I think they're going to follow that same sequence where they'll do three remakes and then an actual new yeah. one. I yep. do have to but say, the first.
3: Cool. Two rounds of the game, I didn't quite understand how I was selecting my actions and, and f- fulfilling them because you drop the cubes in the tower. And I was like, oh, I didn't get what I needed. But you really do. You pick right. So then, like, <laughs> it, it was it was very interesting. By the third round, I was like, oh, I know what I need to be doing.
0: Yeah, realizing that selecting the Keshe's is the actions you're doing, but when you draft, it's not matter yeah. necessarily the actions you're doing because you're just powering your board. That takes a minute to get used to because you're like, oh, well, I have the wrong color now and it doesn't <laughs> help me. But you it always help It does have help you it
3: eventually. It
0: will, yeah. yeah. So you got to kind of order those out and you kind of have to guess what other people are going for too. Yes. And try to remember what they use, but it's really hard because there's 12 different colors
2: and it's nearly impossible to remember everybody's yeah. yep <laughs> lots going on in that one uh definitely worth checking out the really solid gameplay but not so difficult gameplay. that it was it only takes her three <laughs> turns so it's not too bad. yeah
3: well yeah
2: lots of lots, <laughs> it's one of those games with lots of
0: iconography and it looks and like that wasn't you'll die difficult. but yeah. but the gameplay is pretty simple once yeah. once you get it Yeah,
2: yep yeah, for sure i don't it's still probably i don't know 2 hour gameplay so it's not a short one i mean it is got plenty of stuff going on um, but interesting. Uh, Sarah, what else were you playing? I saw some art games on the table this week as well. Yeah, I
3: was going to talk about the art games at the end when we talk about board game art. Because they kind of oh. go together.
2: Oh. Holding now. Oh. I see how it is. <laughs> yeah.
0: We just played Scotland Yard. I the did. new the the Sherlock Hayward. Holmes. Yeah, the yeah. new Sherlock Holmes version of
1: it. Oh, who won that one? Uh,
0: not Moriarty. Oh, poor Larry. <laughs> yeah, That's he right. got... He got hosed again by the, uh, I tried to hot air balloon out myself and landed next to them. was unfortunate.
2: <laughs> <laughs> My hot air balloon did not take me far enough. Yeah, that's a fun and one. That's man. a, if you haven't played that, it's the, based on the classic one, which is all against one secret movement game. Larry was hiding from us trying to get away and we were all hopping on trains and buses and stage coaches and I don't know what any of the proper names are. What are they called Ryan? it, Ryan? Omnibus. Like
1: handsome cab and a something the omnibus. omnibus, yeah.
2: Like getting on that yeah. omnibus.
0: Yeah, yeah. He couldn't I get went. away. I was just walking the whole time. It was, <laughs> he that was. was my <laughs> mistake.
2: Couldn't get away fast enough. One of the other games that we hadn't a chance to play this past week, I don't know if everybody got a chance, was Jerusalem. Did everybody get to play that one?
0: I did From not play
2: DeVere it. Devere Games. Uh, it is... An interesting concept. You're basically at the Last Supper, the historic uh, Last Supper where Jesus is uh, hanging out with his disciples. And in the game, it is a uh, Euro style worker placement. Uh, Not worker placement. Um, Action selection. Yeah, area control, action selection. Uh, In the game, you do have a board with a bunch of follower meeples on them that you are trying to get out uh, into the city and around the table. And ultimately, hopefully, as close to Jesus as possible in order to score points at the end of the game. Uh, But there's a lot of different things that you can do on your turn. You can collect parable tiles, and the first person to collect one is going to get more points than the people who do it after them. You're also going to get bonuses at the end of the game. Uh, There's also like a Sanhedrin track that goes up along the board, and it's one of the game end triggers. But each time it moves, there are also some bonuses that... Uh, you can score as well. And so lots of different things going on. I, I had a pretty good experience playing it. Now, granted, I am undefeated oh, at boy. sitting at the feet of Jesus.
1: That's
3: right. I I guess I got second last game.
2: Last game out of the two of us playing it? Oh, no, no we had other friends had, playing. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I played a couple times. I did get frustrated one game. It was my first play. There was a point where I could not get Get the actions that I needed to do anything.
2: You're playing cards out of your hand. And the cards have symbols
3: and they correspond to different actions you can take on the board. Well, I didn't have any money left to get any other cards. And so I needed to go to the market so I could get more items or swap items. And I didn't have any market cards. And I took three turns, and I couldn't buy more cards, and I didn't draw any more market cards, so I was just stuck, which I think was a couple other people's frustrations.
1: I've played twice now, and both times I felt like I was making all the right moves. I even – the second time was like, oh, this is a great combination because if I do this, they'll still let me do this and score a bunch of points just right off. I'll be doing so great, and then – both times, last place. <laughs> <laughs> don't know what I'm
2: doing wrong. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing right, I'll be honest. The very first time I played it, I didn't struggle with that at all. I felt like every card I had, I played at just the right moment. You're also trying to, the way that you play your cards, you can collect bonuses if you can get your cards into specific ordered stacks. And the first time I played, every time I laid a card, it fit perfectly with what I wanted to do on my turn. Also gave me the bonuses for the stacks. Also let me send followers to sit at the table. Um, I did experience Sarah's frustration in that third one. I still won, so I don't know what the difference is. But I um, did run into like, oh, I, I've i had three turns where I wanted to do this one thing and I couldn't do it. Uh, but you just got to, you know, shift and pivot and do all those other things. Um, interesting stuff. There's a lot going on in that one as well. The teach time for it is... Not super high, but because there's, because it's got so many unusual, even though they're not hard mechanics, it's just kind of got unusual mechanics, you do have to like explain, you know, this card does this at the top and it does this at the bottom and you're trying to put them in a stack and you can go to this part of the board. Um, so a little bit of a teach time and then probably a two-hour gameplay on it. But that was interesting. I enjoyed it a bunch. I think we also have a viewpoints video on our YouTube channel that you can check out if you want to hear everybody's experiences with it because I think almost everybody in the group has had a chance to play it. And you can find out who liked it and who is on the devil's side. (laughs)
1: Judas.
3: (laughs) This episode is sponsored by Bunny Hog Games. Their game, Naughty or Nice, will be coming to Kickstarter on April 25th, 2023. You can check out an overview video where we talk about how to play the game and then a playthrough video where uh, several of us play the game live on our YouTube channel. So in the game, you are taking on the role of one of the magical Christmas characters from tradition, and you are helping the different children around the world get the gifts that they would like for Christmas time. So you can um, pick up items from the market, or on your turn you can also um, help out the kids get their wishes. And uh, there are also another there's another deck of cards that allows you to do other actions on your turn. And we had a fun time looking through that deck. There's a lot of um, traditional characters that you may not be familiar with depending on where you grew up in the world. So you can check out Naughty or Nice coming to Kickstarter April 25th.
2: All right, why don't we uh, roll into our Kickstarter conniption.
1: Kickstarter conniption!
3: This episode, we'll be talking about three games that will be coming to crowdfunding platforms during the last week of April and the first week of May 2023. Larry, start us off.
0: Who, me? Yeah, Sidekick Larry. Oh, yeah. Uh, May 2nd is Clank Legacy Acquisitions Incorporated 2, Darkest Magic, Clank Legacy 2.
2: Is that um, all the title that was, that the, was longest the longest
0: title
1: ever? Title Clank Legacy enough, 2 that was one of the names we were considering for our recent daughter. <laughs> yeah. Legacy 2, Pills. In The Darkness.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Clank Legacy 2 Acquisitions Incorporated Darkest Magic from Direwolf uh coming to Kickstarter. On May 2nd, it is in the same uh universe as the original Clank Legacy acquisitions incorporated <laughs> huh? uh, no one. Oh, oh, one yeah 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 uh, I got to play through the original version and I enjoyed it very much uh, it's yeah it's the same it's the same universe they add more dark magic clearly um, and I read through their uh, description on the website and they said that you could possibly even get candy not sure how I'm getting candy, but it sure is making me want to back this game. But, yes, it looks like the same same art, some of the same bad guys, potentially, in the game. Uh, you're working for the same person that I clearly have just forgotten the name of. Oh, Penny Arcades, Acquisition Incorporated. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I am looking forward to that. I would love to try to play this. Hopefully, it will not take me three years to finish it like the last one did. <laughs> For, unfortunately, Clank the people pulls. we were playing with uh, moved away. But fortunately, they moved back, so we got to finish the game. It only took All right. <laughs> um, but yes, so Clank Legacy 2, Acquisitions Incorporated, Darkest Magic, if you like the first one, you probably... Be looking out for this one coming on May 2nd to Kickstarter.
2: Well, yeah. So I'm looking at the game Milkman, which is coming from Dice Hate Me Games. This is a two to four player uh, dice rolling um Tile placement, pick up and deliver. I don't know if it's tile placement. Are you uh,
1: picking up and delivering milk? I believe you
2: are. The The Shuck. game is set in the 50s, so like you've got the classic milkman truck, and you've got some farm animals. You've got some really great-looking cow meeples in this game, and you will be uh, working to basically build the best milkman route. So you're going to be expanding your ability to produce milk through cows to store it in warehouses to get additional customers to spit, to send it out to. Um, it sounds like there's a little bit of a push-your-luck mechanic to it, but in the game, you are uh, basically building out your farm uh, warehouse, your milk production, and your ability to deliver, and it's got a really great-looking aesthetic to it. Uh, Quan Chi Moria is one of the artists on it which we'll be talking about him, like him later as well, uh, as well as Marley's Berends. I'm not sure who that is, but uh, it doesn't look like the normal Quan Chai style. So I'm curious to see what parts of the game he did and what his art looks like in it. Uh, but definitely check out Milkman from Dice Hate Me Games. Sarah, what are you looking at?
3: Coming April 25th is Endeavor Deep Sea. This is coming from Burr Island Game, Games and Grand Gamers Guild. And this is a new version of the Endeavor line. So this isn't an expansion to Endeavor Age of Sail. It is a new standalone game. And I do have to say I was very confused about the topic of the game until I realized it is a modern science theme about oceanography and exploration of our current oceans, which is an interesting topic in and of itself, but they did a great job of incorporating the same similar feel of mechanics. So, and some of the same iconography as the Endeavor age of Sail game, but now it's got a new modern and science themed twist to it. So I got to try this one out on board game arena or tabletop simulator, and uh, in the game you take on the role of scientists who are exploring the ocean depths and you can use your submarine to dive deeper and deeper and explore further and further down in the ocean, and there are ways to do research and um, continue to um, gain resources to take other actions and hire more scientists for your team and so you're and there is no main board for this one. You are building a map as you are exploring the ocean. So you can go both um, further left and right. Uh, with There are cards that you can flip over, and there's so many for each section. And then you can go down in the depths as, as well. Deeper.
2: Three-dimensional. Yes. Crazy.
3: Um, so you have a ship that you're moving around. Can you in-
2: get an airship and go up? Come on, expansion. Come on.
3: Airship. That would be a different game. <laughs> but maybe not entirely out of the question. I don't know. Uh, I don't believe there are airships in Endeavor Deep Sea, but putting in a request now to the designers. You heard maybe, me. Maybe we are exploring some other, I don't know, atmosphere or something.
2: Deep space the expansion.
3: Um, so this one uh, is coming April 25th from Burnt Island Games and Grand Gamers Guild. I, I This one has been on my list to watch because I got to try it and I was very excited. And I'm going to be looking forward to when this one comes out because it was great. All right. Our next topic moving on.
2: She's ready for the arts.
3: I am. Board game art covers. Art from board game covers. Boxes. Yes. What do we think? Are there some? There are some great ones. There are some that have definitely failed to even convey what the game is. Yeah.
1: So what constitutes <laughs> Most of them good, good <laughs> box art because there's there's a lot of good art that you know you look at it you you kind of get the feel for the game. But then there's like another class of art where it's like this. I'd I'd put that as a poster on my wall. Yeah. Right.
3: Yes. There is that level, and then there's somewhere the box cover is iconic enough that the there's a few, very few, that the name of the game is not even on the front of the box. It is just pure art with no typography. And then there are somewhere the typography. Which ones are those ones? It, yeah, the one I'm thinking specifically, I believe Abyss does not have the title on the front.
2: I think it does on the front. It may not on the back. Like maybe. the giant monster face? Yes. I think it has a piss on it. Does somewhere. it?
3: Maybe it's just like blended into the bottom. Mm, I
2: think it's oh, big across yeah, the middle. Is no, it? It's just a big it's gorilla think, face. I don't think that's the cover. I think that's like a sleeve or something.
0: Is it? Maybe it's a sleeve. Or did they have multiple
2: versions? You somewhere? answered at home. Oh. I, I do abyss. think... I think it's only on the
0: side.
3: I don't, yeah, I think, I think, it's, it's, only on I think it's only too. on the side. I think it's only on the side. I think personally... That the name of the game needs to read from far away, but still fit with the composition well. And I don't know that all board games covers do that, but they should. So let's go through a few that we have enjoyed the artwork from.
1: First entry. This is one of my earlier games that I purchased. Surrow, yes, that was Game on my list. Path. That's on your it's, list, really? It's not, yeah. it's not like knock dead, knock out, whatever, amazing, but I like that, that twisty dragon. It kind of gives you the idea of the twisty paths you will be pursuing.
3: I Yeah, I, I like that illustration. Not, not
1: the top of my list. but
3: No, not mine either. I
1: think it's good box art. I like it. I like it.
2: Um, One of the things that I think is, I mean, the purpose of box art is, I think, twofold. You were asking a little bit about this question a second ago. I think one is you do want to convey some of the ideas of what's going on in the game, at least give you a feel for it, express specifically what the theme is. And then obviously, I think you're also looking to grab uh, attention, right? Like the whole idea is it's on a shelf this game wants to be purchased how can we what what can we put on there that makes it exciting and makes somebody want to grab it so i always enjoy board games that have a little bit of a mystery to them or a hook or something that um just kind of sucks you in uh I, I don't i don't think we're planning to rank these in like top 10 order yeah. so i'm sure we're just kind of tossing them out there although i do like the idea of and i've thought about this before maybe i need to sit down and do it now of putting together a video of like my top 10 favorite box cover arts cuz it might actually be really hard oh, to put man. together. There's a lot of good stuff out there for sure.
0: That may take you longer than putting your top 10 games of all
2: time. <laughs> I most definitely will. Expect this video in 2029. Uh, one of the things that I like about a board game is a good use of white space. Mm-hmm. A lot of games have so much cover and coverage and color that I think some of the white ones end up standing out really nicely. I think one of the first board games that I actually thought like, wow, this is actually a beautiful cover was fog of love uh it's just a really simple super white box really (laughs) elegant (laughs) characters on it that one i thought you were gonna say all white stories whoa whoa all the white ones hold on (laughs) that's a good one those are all good all three of those actually are good uses of white space there's also another game i honestly can't remember what the name of it is it was on kickstarter last year and i think it had like Three quarters of it was white, and the way they kept showing the box angle, it, it like looked like something was coming out of the box oh, yes. three-dimensionally. Man, I don't remember what that was. I have no idea. I'm sorry that I'm poorly describing it. It was like there it. was a
3: dark corner that looked like it was just missing from the box.
2: Yeah, it was, it I was really I can't remember clever. what that's
3: called. It's going to bother me now.
2: Yeah. But all three of those, actually, that you just listed were ones that I could have mentioned because they all crossed my mind. Uh, Takedo and Time Stories all have nice boxes. Time Stories, probably less so. It's kind of just less going on, but it was so white that it was stark and interesting.
3: And it was very different from everything else going on at the time.
2: Yeah.
1: Poster worthy games. I would say scythe. Mm-hmm. I was following the art for scythe before scythe was even a glimmering in the eye of the board game design. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that I think you actually showed Whoa. it to me even. I think Ryan <laughs> yeah. I was I was
2: like, Max awesome in a field <laughs> with children at, picking corn yeah
1: so cool yeah i would put that up on my wall also i think you
2: have it you have gonna, it no okay no. Uh,
1: i'm gonna steal this one because i know it's on wills list do Flip it ships yeah it was it's just darling it's so cool Thanks. i Ooh. i like the contrast there it's kind of like minimal with like there's just one ship flying up mm-hmm. but uh the very bold colors at the top like it a lot
2: i mean i like it the colors, but uh, the coolest part is the fact that you can flip it upside down. That blows my mind. The fact that you can read it both ways oh, yeah. is brilliant. Uh, and I really do like that style. We I already mentioned Moria earlier. And I pretty much just love everything that he, the guy makes. Um, it's like splashes of color. It's a little bit abstracted. He uses some different color combinations that you don't see everywhere else. Uh, I've played games before because I saw the cover... I could tell that it was his artwork. I didn't even enjoy the game, but I was like, yeah, seems like it was a good game. It had a nice box.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so one publisher that I think does well is Red Raven Games. I, I like the illustration style, the color choices. Um, the boxes are always decently simple as far as um, the type face is usually not something crazy and bold. It's usually simplistic, but...
2: And you're just saying everything they've ever published?
3: Well, I like Sleeping God's probably the best, but it's mostly the colors on that because those are some of my favorite colors. The blues and the teals and greens. Um, cool. But it's a, a pretty illustration.
2: At what point do we get to talk about the box covers we don't like? Do we, Are we talking about those? Uh, well, is that a different a, episode? No, no, no. Or is that let me, let me wow. move into
3: that. So <laughs> I searched <laughs> on BGG for... Art themed games because I was like, of all the things that should have great art, it should be games about art, and they have some mm. of the worst covers.
1: No, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't <laughs> surprise me at all. I, well, I don't know if this is one of them.
3: One of them is
1: great, usually, they're just I, a picture I of like a Kanagawa. Kanagawa. Yes, it oh, is. That one is great nice. art. That one is yeah. nice, and I mean, it's about you know, it's more about making, calligraphy, right? Making the big portrait or whatever yes well i guess so that the was landscape.
3: one of the few art games uh that, like, that had good cool art.
1: watercolor yeah, it is images. a beautiful color
3: um, i agree with
2: that who did sunset who really over did water version?
3: has beautiful art that one's by Beth sobel the art for that one
2: for kind of or for no, sunset for Over
3: sunset over water and then um i don't mind the gallerist art it's, it's modern it's it's modern yeah but some of the other ones oh. not great
1: Kanagawa Jade Mosch Mosk Mosh, Mosh. I don't know. Good job, Jade. How you pronounce the ch, the ch there? But Jade, well done.
0: I I'm surprised. I'm game.
2: surprised Will hasn't mentioned Everdell yet. I do like it a lot. It is beautiful for sure. I love all the art in does the game very
3: well. I like his style but
2: uh, I just don't feel like there's nothing. I mean, it's like it's a cool wooded scene. There's nothing, like, mind-blowing about it. I do like some of the uh, expansion ones. Uh, the uh, Pearl Brook one is very cool. The Spirecrest one has got lots of white space going on, which is nice. Um, I do like it, but it's not in my top ten box covers, I don't think. Sorry. The the funny thing is, my favorite game is probably, like, in my bottom favorite
3: <laughs> box oh, <yeah>. cover
2: art. <laughs> don't mess with the Cthulhu box. It's so mm. goofy-looking. It's, like... Can we just hide the box? Oh, I thought you were going to say war
1: chest. <laughs>
2: oh, no, war chest is attractive. I like war chest. At least there's something I would make. I don't know why. Because oh, it's, it,
1: it's just a chest? Right. It's just <laughs> textures, fake textures
2: with some fake jewels and fake gold. That's my style of design. Uh, one of the other box covers that I found clever and I think is attractive is the board game Decorum. It has a heart on the front of it that is actually just the negative space of white. And all the colors of the box are paint rollers, like from the game, but you can't really, you have to like stare at it for a couple of minutes before you realize that that's what you're looking at, which I think is clever. I
3: thought it was cooler. Cool. I really disliked the game. No, no. no. Oh. I, I, I love the game, game, even though that is not my type of game. So if you can make a game where I usually dislike that mechanic and you made me enjoy it, kudos. I did not like their color choices. I did not like the red, yellow, blue, green kindergarten colors.
1: I think they those were are good called... colors for someone like me who right. the colors matter and I'm colorblind, so I need to But be able to they with it also makes chosen...
3: it timeless
2: because if they chose like trendy colors they didn't
3: have to be trendy. I okay. think they could have about? done some trendy colors.
2: Black, different... white, gray, and <laughs> brown. Oh, monochrome.
3: <laughs> I I I just that is a pet peeve of mine is any game that just uses red. Well, I don't think
2: it was an accident is what I'm I saying. I know.
3: They probably did it specifically because it was about design and color. But those are my least favorite colors in board games is the kindergarten colors. Like I've told some publishers, try and pick some other colors for game pieces or artwork. I I disagree. <laughs> She doesn't like
2: like the base colors. I don't. I I mean, if that's where they defaulted to because they're um, Caverna and they just had red tokens, fine. But I think Decorum is intentionally those colors because it wanted to be that way.
3: I I I understand, but they could have done other stuff and it could have been interesting. (laughs) (laughs) I disagree.
2: Disagree, Disagreement. I already said I disagree first. You can't say you disagree second. Uh, Let's talk about some of the games I don't like. In addition to Don't Mess with Cthulhu. I really don't like the box cover to Woodcraft. What do you guys think about that? Uh, it's what? weird.
1: I don't think I've ever seen it. I think you probably I've only have. You heard just don't... of Woodcraft and Wordcraft? <laughs> Never seen them.
2: <laughs> Google that puppy. She has like green hair. Okay, fine. You can have green hair, but it seems out of place with everything else that's going on in the game. She also has weird proportions, like. It looks like something I would draw. <laughs> she does have a very long torso. Uh, and a very long face. And, like, She's I don't right. know. It's just. They it's, all have green hair. Yeah. Oh, well, we're not even going to talk about all of the just, old
3: Mayfair games type art.
2: Oh, correct. We're not. <laughs> <laughs> I just think Woodcraft was such a popular game. And I was like, man, I would have put a very different theme and art style on that if it was up to me. Another game that a lot of people like that I didn't enjoy, just because I'm. Because now I'm going on it. I'm full steam ahead. Is canvas?
3: Oh, I liked canvas.
2: I knew you did. That's why I said it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just think it's like I don't know, cliche. Is it the colors. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's what you were saying earlier about like it looks elementary to me. The whole idea is that you're like you know making something beautiful in this game, and then the the box is like the most cliche image I could imagine. I don't know. That's how I felt on that one. Sorry, people who made that game.
3: <laughs> I kind of disagree, but I like the color choices on the box cover.
2: It seemed very much like a, it could be like a unicorn or like just little girls happy about being nine years old.
1: Looking at your <laughs> shelves, I immediately think, this game here, I don't know what it's called, but it's kind of like a muted yellow, and yeah. I can't read the title. <laughs> yeah,
2: I think it's a... Uh, prototype, but
1: okay. <laughs> maybe it is, is the
2: final <laughs> box cover. I don't know what it is. Um, I, one other game that I super love the cover for, and this is back in the cliche area, is the Bob Ross board game. <laughs> Have you guys seen the cover yes. for that? It's Bob Ross's face, which is very recognizable with his awesome fro. And then his hair is replaced by happy little tree painting and they actually did a pretty good job of like merging it. It's super iconic. I really like that one.
3: So, another th- thing I dislike is when the. I think I already mentioned this, but there's some older games that the typography just ruins the entire. Even if the illustration was okay, which in this case it was not, but like Roads and Boats.
2: Are oh, you going old school?
3: Yeah. It's just <laughs> why?
2: Because they didn't have. Photoshop back then.
3: Yes, they did. They had Photoshop <laughs> when I was little. Like they had Photoshop back then. I, in-
2: I don't actually know
0: old old, old uh, it, is, but
3: uh, I don't know.
0: Well, this is hard to read. It's, that is,
2: it's really weird. Nineteen ninety nine. Oh, that's not actually the cover. I was they thinking, definitely
3: but. had Photoshop four in nineteen ninety nine. So it was possible. Two, maybe Photoshop two. No, because we had Photoshop.
2: Not in ninety nine.
3: Yes.
0: Somebody. Oh, it looks like I colored it with my color crayons.
2: It does. You're it right. Does. That's not the game that I thought it was. That I thought you were talking about. That one has got weird typography for sure.
3: Yeah. That one's needs some needs. Another help.
2: game that has weird typography. It's become iconic. I think people will accept it now. I'm willing to say I've never liked it. Dominion. What is going on with that typography? I, I never. <laughs> How dare you?
1: How dare you? You come into my... No, it's your house. Okay. <laughs>
2: Tell me more, Ryan. Tell me, do you like the no, discovery? I, I but it
1: is—it's such a classic game, right? I don't know. It's, yep, it's has a special place in my heart now. A lot—I wouldn't put it on my wall, though. Right, exactly. A lot of
3: people's favorite box cover is Power Grid. Their I saw a lot of people like post board? that really? their favorite box cover was Power Grid.
2: The like the yeah original, the
3: original green one the green one
1: are they all like green but- German or
3: I don't know.
2: But who are these people you were talking to? Huh? They? No,
3: there were just on BGG. There were several people who posted. Um, this is my favorite one. It was multiple times it got mentioned in the list.
2: I feel like I should pull up BGG right now and just go through the top 100 to be like ugly, ugly, ugly. <laughs> so when some we, of them are good. One like, we haven't Haven mentioned is cool, that I brass is I cool. remember
3: it winning some awards for art was rise or ashes rise of the phoenix born. It had a white box, and then the outline or the phoenix was filled in with very bright, colorful illustration. It was gorgeous.
2: Cool. I don't remember that one.
0: One that people seem to like a lot is Cascadia, which nice. kind is of cool. Cascadia is nice. Is that another Sobel? Have you seen the expansion? Aurora?
2: I have. I is I that the like one with that one better? The, is it the one with the fox at the bottom? Yeah, and the waterfall. I feel like the fox's proportions seem a little.
0: He Maybe he's a little mushroom. chubby fox. He's yeah. Maybe
2: I'm not used to seeing foxes in the wild. <laughs> he's getting ready for winter. He looks like a fat dog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sure I couldn't do any better. 100% could not do better. But I was like, I don't Is that what foxes look like? I don't, I don't see foxes a lot. I of people a lot. Don't
3: really like Tidal Blades.
2: Tidal Blades was very tidal pretty.
3: Blades. That's another Andrew. And it creates
2: one. a whole new world. Is it? Or I no, that was that's Cuttington. Mr. Cuttington. Yeah. yeah.
1: The, the game we just played, Fractured Sky. Yeah. I yeah. liked the octopus. Yeah. Floating Island thing that was going on there. Yeah. I thought it was cool.
2: I, that one was pretty neat. I, it was original. I like that. Um, one other, another game that I feel like I just ragged on not too long ago was Spirit Island. I feel like we were talking about that for some reason. Game we, we were, didn't We were like. talking about games. Hated we, top, 10, top 10 games that we didn't On um, yeah. BGG. Uh, that box art also to me seems rudimentary. Like it doesn't look like they quite got the finishing pass on it. We're being so harsh. We can just we talk about more games that we like. <laughs> Chogdor has a fun box cover, mostly just because I like Trogdor.
3: <laughs> that, that is true. I I knew that would come up. Like oh, Trogdor? Was, Yes. <laughs> I had a feeling because
2: I can draw him myself. I think if and I can all, draw it, then I'll majesty. like it. But it's not the. But if I can't draw it, no, I don't know. <laughs> uh, there is really a, a, one of the things that I've enjoyed over the the number of years that we've been deeper into the industry is. Uh, getting to see just some really, really gorgeous stuff. Um, You were mentioning the Mayfair thing before, and I think there was like a level of box art where I think Catan kind of set a standard when it came out, like for the simple, flat illustration style, and a lot of games followed that, and I've been really, really enjoying seeing all of the creativity that's been on just on games, on components, on trays, on boards, everything has gotten so much more beautiful in the last couple years, and I've Thoroughly enjoyed that expansion in the hobby. So bravo to all you board game illustrators out there. I think a lot of it has helped that as board games have grown in popularity, artists and illustrators who are working in other fields have been pulled in and recruited to do board game art. Um,
3: Yeah, the, the top 10 on BGG, most of them are known for not great art. For box
2: covers. Oh, shout them out to us. What are they? I didn't, All right. I didn't uh, look.
3: Brass Birmingham is number one right now. It's And nice it cover. is gorgeous. Yeah. Um, Pandemic Legacy Season 1 is fine. Mm-hmm. Gloomhaven's fine. Yeah, it's good. No, it's got a Arc Nova's fine. New then world. we got Twilight Imperium. Oh, yep. With the, mm-hmm. you know, I don't remember what the guys, the... Anyway, moving on. Terraforming (laughs) Mars.
2: Oh, yep. One of the worst. (laughs) Uh,
3: Gloomhaven, Jaws of the Lion. It's okay. Nothing crazy about it. War of the Ring. Not. uh, And then we got Star Star Wars Rebellion. It's just a space scene. Nothing going on there. Dune Imperium. It's Star Wars, though. It's Star Wars. See, that's the thing. You don't care about the art. It's literally just (laughs) some stuff going on in space.
2: Dune is nice. I like the colors.
3: Dune Imperium's okay. It's also like not it. anything It's simple, but it's it nice. is simple. Spirit Island. Not yeah,
2: happy. I already trashed that one.
3: <laughs> uh, Gaia Project, it's fine. It's, I don't
2: I don't remember which one that one is. It's got I'm a gray
3: with a circle in the middle with some colors. Through the ages is thirteen on the list. Not great. <laughs> Twilight Struggle, pretty boring. Great Western Trail. Number 15. Yeah, I've never never been a fan of either of the
2: Great Western, the original or the...
3: Even the new one. And then Scythe, Castles of Burgundy, the original. Um, we got Seven Wonders Duel, Nemesis, Brass Lancashire, Concordia. There's a whole history of that board game cover with people trying to redo it. And I've seen several social media posts of why was this drawn this way? And <laughs> <laughs> they redid it and it wasn't any better. Yeah. So,
2: interesting stuff. There's a lot of them out there to look at for sure. And I'm sure that if I took longer, I could find plenty of other gorgeous ones. Oh, I just thought of another one. Oh, uh, Rococo. No, not Rococo. What's it called? It's another white box cover. Uh, I think it's a Vital game. It's the one where you're like going to the ball and dressing up and. Is that Rococo? It is Rococo. Yeah. Yeah. Rococo. It's a good one. It's another good one. I think it just has white in it. I just I like that white space. It's just sucking me in.
3: It must be because all of my favorites have very intense colors.
2: <laughs> Except for decorum where she doesn't like the intense colors. <laughs> uh, the ones that the I've liked, they're intense, <laughs> they're intense colors, but they're
3: not primary colors. Oh,
2: not in primary, just intense. Yeah. Excellent stuff. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to our yammerings about board game art and knowing how key and annoying I am, uh, but if you want to h- hear all those same thoughts in person, <laughs> you can come hang out with us Ooh. at Southern Fried Gaming. Uh, the uh, Southern Fried Gaming Expo is coming up this summer. I think it's like two weeks before Gen Con. It's one
3: week, the week it's before.
2: One week. What?
3: The week before Gen Con. It's
2: going to be a f- crazy Atlanta crazy week of gaming there, uh, July twenty eighth through thirtieth in Atlanta, Georgia. And we've got two tickets actually that we want to give away to our listeners. Uh, So that you can come hang out with us at the event. If you're not familiar with it, it's a board game, video game, pinball game, wrestling, pepper hot challenge eating, super mega fun party that uh, is great for the whole family. Uh, Our entire family enjoys hanging out there each year. And uh, if you want to come and join us, we'd love for you to pick up tickets for it. You can get it on their website, or we're going to be giving away two free tickets to two lucky winners. And all you got to do to enter that contest is go to our website, tantrumhouse.com, and you'll see a button on the top right that says, Enter Our Current Contest. If you get on there in the next two weeks, we're going to be taking all the names that have been uh, gathered through that form, and we are going to draw a winner from that. We'll announce the winners on our show as well as send them an email. So all you got to do is, again, go to tantrumouse.com, click on that Intercurrent Contest, and you will be entered for a chance to win uh, two of their, I think they call them memberships. Uh, to Southern Pride Gaming Expo. So that'll get you in the door for the weekend. You can have lots of fun. You can come play board games with us or play video games and pinball games and all the other things that'll be going on. Lots of fun. Be sure to check out their website and learn more. And hopefully we'll get a chance to see you there. July 28th through the 30th. It's Gonna be a good time. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, listening along, having fun. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to the Tantrum House Board Game Podcast. If you liked any part of this at all, find and follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and tantrumhouse.com. Like us, share us, email us, call us, or send us a postcard to Tantrum House, 306 Barry Drive, that's B-A-R-R-Y, Greer, South Carolina, 29650.